hello and welcome. Welcome to Diverse Conversation with Ashka Patel. And today I'm very excited to welcome our guest, Prashant Kambaker. Prashant heads the health tech business segment at Harbinger Systems Inc. Um, as a senior vice president, um, he brings with him tremendous experience in engineering, management, and business leadership. He has deep involvement in the customer product creation, uh, be it for the provider, payer, or pharmacy segments, and ensuring that um, you know, customers are able to achieve the outcomes that they wish to achieve. Uh, Prashant enjoys writing and sharing his thoughts um, on the changing landscape within healthcare, especially with the emergence of health tech. Um, and he is passionate um, and has shown um, to be a leader in creating new initiatives for blockchain, internet of things, and data engineering um, uh, as areas of his expertise. So today I'm very, very excited to tap into these expertise, um, especially because, you know, when you as a healthcare professional, uh, to tell you the truth, I know very little when it comes to these areas. Um, and I think it, it's always very important to, you know, tap into the experts to really understand what capacity um, these technologies have in disrupting healthcare. And I think, Prashant, your insights will be tremendously valuable um, to not only healthcare professionals but, um, at large, but also even for patients to understand, you know, the potential that health tech carries in disrupting healthcare in the near future. Um, and, you know, welcome. Thank you so much for making Making the time and welcome um, uh, to this interview. Uh, I'm so, so happy that you uh, are able to join us today. It's wonderful to join you, Ashka, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Prashant. Um, and I guess to get started, I think it's always uh, good to, um, you know, understand your journey um, as an individual into, you know, what led you to health tech and, um, you know, to your current role and, um, you know, just giving us an appreciation for the journey that you've had so far. Yes, of course. Uh, so, you know, it, it's been uh, many years that I have been in the health tech space. Uh, there is no like, uh, you know, any particular moment that uh, got me involved. But, you know, of course, as a patient, uh, that uh, the fact that, you know, what uh, a patient goes through, what uh, technology doctors use. And it's been so wonderful. Like, you know, when I was, uh, uh, when I had a knee surgery, then the technology that was used, it was not software or anything like that, but the technology that was used was so wonderful. And that uh, kind of like got me uh, attracted. That was one thing. And then uh, over the years, Harbinger and working with uh, some of the Harbinger customers and uh, like understanding from them, like how, you know, the, the landscape is evolving, all has kind of like got me going and got me deeper and deeper into, into health tech. So I'm happy to like, you know, help providers, pharmacists and everybody to take their vision forward. Awesome. Thank you so much. And like, again, uh, I think um, we're just at the tip of the iceberg as we're talking of, um, you know, healthcare technologies and um, health tech in general. Um, I, I guess moving forward, um, you know, we have seen how incredible innovation has taken place during the pandemic, especially within healthcare. Um, you know, when we're looking at the combining of technologies to deliver healthcare, um, given the pandemic circumstances, um, you know, how, what are some trends that we can, uh, we should be watching out for as we move forward from here onwards um, in health tech, um, you know, just um, to kind of keep our eyes on? Yeah, uh, so uh, you, you uh, mentioned the pandemic and uh, telehealth uh, took off, you know, and so that will definitely be like a, a big thing going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, people want the convenience of uh, telehealth, uh, even doctors uh, prefer that. Uh, there are uh, people in rural uh, America where we are uh, 
you know, helping uh, some people. And so, you know, definitely you see that uh, that great value is being added there. Uh, so that is uh, definitely one trend. Uh, the other is the use of data. Uh, there is a lot of uh, healthcare data, you know, whether it's on the payer side, whether it's on the patient side, uh, whether it is about hospitals and how they operate, you know, so all of that uh, data, that's going to be uh, very significant. So whether it is a simple analysis of the data, whether it is trying to put in some artificial intelligence on top of the data and trying to uh, predict things, you know, so all of uh, that is going to be uh, very significant. Then the other uh, aspect is what is the patient's experience and the doctor's experience and the experience of, in fact, all the users, you know, so whether it is a payer associate, whether it is a pharmacist in a pharmacy, uh, what experience do they have with regards to this te technology that they are using? And, uh, you know, that, that experience is going to be, uh, you know, very important. It is going to be nurtured in a better manner as we go forward. And then uh, one longer term trend is, uh, you know, the personalization of uh, of uh, treatments. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, at one point we are talking about like, you know, whether we are reaching like the women's health, you know, yes. whether women are, are adequately considered when uh, treatments uh, are, are, are done, when medicines are manufactured and so on. Uh, also about like uh, various uh, races that are there mm -hmm. out in the world. Uh, you know, what are their characteristics and all that. But that's at a, at a broad level, but at a, like, you know, going uh, lower and more to the individual, you know, it will be more and more uh, personalized uh, uh, treatments. So, you know, uh, whether the combination of medicines that are recommended or, you know, different things that will uh, take into account the, the background and the genetic information of mm -hmm. patients. So these are like some broad trends. Wow, just off like that, we are off on a great, great start. I mean, you those were some tremendous, tremendous insights. I, I agree, like, you know, I think more than anything else, the user experience, be it like the healthcare provider who's utilizing that technology to the patient who's at the end result, sometimes could also be part of that technology experience, uh, creates a tremendous impact in terms of how well that technology is adopted um, and, you know, what is the response that we get. Um, and I think one of the technologies that has really shown light during the pandemic has been around, as you mentioned, telehealth, uh, but also remote monitoring. Like it's, I'm starting to see uh, that there's momentum building up in, in terms of, you know, remote monitoring entering into the space of healthcare. What is the future of remote monitoring for patients, especially? And, you know, what can they expect? Oh, yeah. I mean, remote monitoring is uh, has a fantastic future. Uh, you know, it helps everybody, right? I mean, it saves uh, time. It saves uh, uh, you know, uh, effort, uh, you know, it saves also gas, like going from one place <laughs> to another. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, more seriously, what is going to happen is that there are going to be more and more devices, you know, yes. uh, which will monitor uh, various things mm -hmm. and uh, they will be available closer to you. So some things, you know, a person can individually afford. And uh, there are uh, other things which uh, people may not be able to afford. But, you know, those are probably going to come uh, closer to you. I mean, like uh, CVS, for example, is going to like convert some of its uh, stores into actually like, you know, uh, clinics. Yes. And uh, whether it is uh, CVS doing it 
or whether it is going to be like, uh, you know, say church churches, uh, for example, mm -hmm. who are going to like have a room where there, there will be some monitors or it can be a gym where there will be some kind of monitors, you know, and you can pay per use kind of thing, you know, right. uh, so, uh, so everybody benefits. Uh, you know, so so those devices are going to be more, they're going to be more, uh, you know, uh, pervasive, they are going to be more accessible, and more elements are going to be covered. So it's not just like the pulse oximeter that is there for COVID, right. uh, or blood pressure, which is uh, pretty common, but there are going to be like, you know, uh, probably more, uh, uh, you know, like EKG monitoring and, and uh, you know, things which I cannot even imagine at this time, <laughs> but there are going to be more ailments uh, that, are, that are going to be covered. And one aspect that, that we already uh, know about is uh, mental health. I mean, it doesn't come under remote monitoring, uh, but you know, the, the telehealth uh, covers that. So it's not just like, you know, one type of uh, ailment that is going to get covered. There, are, there is going to be like, you know, multiple types of, uh, ailments, afflictions that are going to be covered. For sure, for sure. And I mean, what I'm really hearing from like, you know, the the, the vision that you shared and like, you know, it, it's fascinating even to me as a healthcare provider, because, you know, especially when you're part of an industry, sometimes you do have a very limited view of, you know, how you see your own industry. And, you know, some of the things you mentioned about like these clinics being in churches or gyms or like, you know, in, in community locations, um, I, it, it's beyond something that I have imagined. And like, you know, I, I, and truly what I was thinking as you were mentioning that was, you know, this is remote monitoring is truly going to allow healthcare to be very, very accessible because you will not need a dedicated hub or spot. Like it could be anywhere, as long as you're able to connect to that technology and you'd be able to receive the care that you're seeking at that point in time. That is fantastic. Um, and I guess to the flip side of that is, you know, what would that look like for healthcare providers who are trying to provide healthcare services virtually, like, you know, from a remote monitoring piece? Um, do, you, do you have any insights on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, the, the concern that uh, doctors and nurses and other professionals will have is the accuracy, you know, uh, of the of the equipment. You know, right. uh, if the equipment is off, uh, then you know they are not right there at the equipment, and therefore, you know, they will have that uh, question mark in their head. Like, can I really trust uh, this? But I think we have to, like, uh, you know. Uh, as with uh, anything, like we have to make sure that, you know, uh, we can possibly go to a different uh, device or have like another device uh, do the, you know, uh, do the treatment. So like, I mean, I, I once had my blood pressure taken and the doctor was so puzzled. The doctor said like, okay, let's wait for 20 minutes and let's do a check again you know? <laughs> uh, because uh, something is really off with your blood pressure. Uh, so, uh, but you know, the, the same thing could happen when the, the devices are remote, right? So, uh, you know, like uh, having uh, uh, confidence in the fact that the devices are being, uh, being properly, uh, you know, being properly op operated Calibrated. and, uh, you know, uh, whether they are uh, trustworthy, I think that is going to be uh, an important thing because that accuracy is, is important, you know, if you don't, uh, if you cannot rely on these devices, then you know, then you are like, uh, you know, not uh, I agree. Not a comfortable situation. 
I agree. I agree. And it's you, you, you actually mentioned such, such a great point because, um, you know, obviously for a healthcare provider to reach a clinical decision that will de decide the outcome of the care that the patient receives, like, you know, we do need a lot of data that goes into our decision-making process. Um, and, you know, one of the concerns that I personally have as a healthcare provider um, who knows a little bit about health tech, I'm not going to say I am an expert at it at all uh, in any way, shape or form, but it's the interoperability of these systems in terms of connecting and sharing data, um, you know, I think that is a big challenge that I see. And I think you've kind of alluded to that, you know, in, in terms of, you know, how do we ascertain that the data that we're seeing in front of us is a whole picture of this patient and not just a, a snapshot of, you know, where this patient is at in a time frame, right? Um, and I guess this is kind of like a perfect segue to my next question, which is like, you know, what are some of the barriers or challenges to innovating in healthcare? Um, and, you know, that you see when you're helping out your customers as well. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the first is that, uh, you know, in health tech, uh, you have to have the proper approvals, you know, so it's a matter of health, uh, devices have to be sterile, uh, they have to be reusable, all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, complications. I mean, even if you use a monitor in a doctor's office, then that monitor has to be of a certain, uh, you know, class and, uh, right. and type and quality. Uh, so, you know, the, the approvals uh, process that takes time convincing other doctors uh, that, you know, that uh, this idea is good and that it will help, you know, that, uh, is, that is an important uh, kind of uh, thing. But I think uh, one uh, very important thing is that the, you know, the, the doctors, the nurses, the pharmacists, they are like, you know, actually in the, you know, uh, in the thick of things and their insights are, are important. Uh, so, you know, it shouldn't be that uh, some tech people say that, oh, okay, oh, there is artificial intelligence. So now we are going to uh, apply it, you know? It shouldn't be that way. It should rather uh, come from the doctor saying, okay, this is a specific problem that we see. And then, you know, then what can be the technology that uh, that can, you know, apply? So, you know, uh, I, I talk with some doctors and they say, oh, okay, all right, you know, we want, uh, you know, our cancer information, for example, uh, to be propagated to, to educate people properly. Then we can say, oh, okay, all right, you know, as tech people, we understand uh, the tech part and we can suggest uh, some ways of, of going about it. Uh, so, you know, the, 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 the barrier of adoption is probably because doctors are not taking, and when I say doctors, it's not only doctors, but uh, you know, all professionals in the healthcare space, they are not get, being taken into confidence and they, they need to be taken into confidence more and more, or uh, there have to be champions between, uh, from, from these people, and then they will help uh, you know, the, the adoption issue. So For I think sure. That's, I agree. I agree. And and you, you said it very rightly. It's kind of like, you know, you, you're designing a system without um, the end user in, um, you know, providing feedback. And we all know where that's going to lead, which is not going to be the best of outcomes, right? Um, yeah. And it definitely, like, I agree. Like, I think all users, whoever it's going to be, be it healthcare providers, patients, payers, whoever it is, they need to be part of that process. But more so, I think it's also, um, I think this pandemic has really, um, you know, pushed um, health tech to enter into and be 
become like a topic of a uh, focus topic within healthcare because until now we were a little stagnant in terms of innovation and you know because everything was working just fine um just the way it was going we did not really need remote monitoring we did not need teleservices until until the pandemic hit so i think it, it really kind of pushed us over that barrier and said okay here we are now you got to innovate so start <laughs> and obviously it's difficult um change is always difficult when you are new at it and you don't understand the the exact you know what you're dealing with and that's why we have such conversations to bring some insight um, share some knowledge and expertise from experts like you um, to help understand you know what we're dealing with as we move forward um, speaking of which we know like you know Amazon Google Microsoft they're all working in this um, to disrupt healthcare um, in some capacity I just recently um, you know had shared an article where Amazon um, is uh, training Alexa to say start surgery and you know Alexa will start recording uh, whatever the surgeon's saying Again, it's mind-boggling technology, um, in, in, but it, at the same time, it's like, why was this not done sooner? Because documentation um, is so important for healthcare professionals, yet we spend so much time documenting um, that we, we could spend with seeing more patients um, in that time, right? Um, so with such big players like Amazon, Google, Microsoft coming into healthcare and disrupting it, you know, how does it impact innovation in healthcare? Does it make it less competitive does it does it restrict competition because you have such big players coming into play well i mean uh, you know uh, the yeah one can understand that there can be a sense of like oh okay you know you're going to, going to get squeezed out by the big players but i think uh, they uh, are doing uh, things in the right spirit mm -hmm. you know so they are innovating and uh, you know when i attend conferences and hear uh, their leaders talk uh, they are fairly respectful, you know. Uh, so they are putting big money. They are coming up with ideas. They are, uh, you know, uh, trying to push uh, various boundaries. But at the same time, I sense that they are fairly respectful of the professionals, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is always good to have competition. It's yes. always good to have like big money available, you know, for uh, for ideas. And, uh, you know, when uh, a smaller player might come up with an idea, I think the, the big players will will take, uh, will sit up and take notice. So uh, definitely all that is good, but I don't think uh, the, the innovators and the smaller players should, uh, you know, uh, should sit back or feel like in awe because, you know, the ideas always come from like, uh, you know, unusual places. You know, people who see the problems, uh, they uh, come up with uh, solutions, you yes. know. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you know, uh, I know uh, this lady uh, and uh, she has no background in healthcare at all, okay. Uh, she was an executive assistant and uh, because of something that her family is going through, she has come up with a new idea, you know, wow. and, uh, you know, she is taking it forward. So, <laughs> you know, so there are uh, so many uh, people like that. Even some of the big players have started where, you know, somebody in their family was like suffering from something. Wow. And uh, therefore they said like, okay, you know, things uh, should change. And they, they you know, they tried, they, they, and they have to put in uh, several years doing this. It's not like, you know, there's some overnight uh, magic wand that uh, generates uh, adoption of technology. So right. yeah, it's, it's uh, quite possible. And, uh, you know, nobody should feel uh, discouraged by the, by the paid players. I think uh, everybody can go forward together. 
Oh, fantastic. Well, I mean, and, and again, I think with your words, it definitely reinforces that feeling because oftentimes, you know, um, especially like the conversations that I would have with my friends and peers who are in healthcare, um, you know, sometimes we do get discouraged, right? Because uh, it, it feels like these big um, companies are coming in with innovation. Um, oftentimes what it feels to us is, you know, either to outcompete, um, you know, the smaller people out of the business, for example, Amazon Pharmacy and like, you know, the way it's poised um, to potentially take over how, you know, community pharmacy operates in the, in the future. Um, but I agree with you. I think, um, as long as um, you know you have uh, the heart in your innovation, um, you know, in, in terms of you have a goal of you know what you want to innovate. I think any innovation is possible, regardless of how big of a player you are in that industry. Um, and then with that, uh, you know, a piece of advice um, for healthcare providers, like you know, who wish to enter the world of health tech, um, and any resources you would like to highlight for somebody who just wants to learn and like you know, um, grow as an innovator and an entrepreneur in health tech. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, there are uh, associations, uh, these are professional associations, and they uh, encourage, uh, you know, uh, new ways of thinking. Uh, so, for example, the American Telehealth Association or Telemedicine Association, as, as it is called, uh, you know, so they are uh, promoting uh, telehealth, telemedicine. And so, you know, you can, uh, you can go to their resources and you can, like, uh, learn from there. That is just one example. And uh, there are, you know, uh, different associations for uh, different uh, different groups uh, of of professionals. Uh, so, uh, you know, so definitely the associations can give you some insight into what uh, what is working or what has been tried and and so on. Uh, then uh, the other is that there are various uh, incubators available. And uh, typically, you know, you will find them in universities, but also in some cases, like, you know, uh, like dedicated uh, to certain cities, you know, uh, where the, there is like, uh, you know, fairly uh, good uh, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, backing of money as well as, uh, you know, the technology if needed. Uh, so these uh, incubators will kind of help you. They will, uh, you know, you have to have like uh, a goal in mind as you uh, said a few minutes back. And, uh, you know, if you have a goal, then how to go about it? Like, for example, you know, if you are uh, creating a hardware device, then, you know, uh, what might be the timeline? What kind of like, uh, you know, trials that you will have to do uh, in order to establish the utility of your device mm -hmm. uh, if it is software then it's a little bit easier but still uh, you know you need to like get the software done right you have to address issues of like usability and also like how you will test it how you will like uh, take the software uh, forward mm -hmm. uh, so incubators uh, will will guide you on that and uh, then uh, you know uh, one of the best resources is networking uh, you know, so there are uh, there are great people who kind of like you know if you follow LinkedIn for example, uh, then you know there are uh, there are those also there are like uh, you know uh, government or semi-government uh, kind of organizations which will help you. I mean, one of the best examples that I have in front of me is you, <laughs> and uh, you. your network, your uh, reach, your spread in the community is so fantastic. You know? So you. if somebody wants and like, uh, you know, hey, bounce an idea, uh, come talk with Ashka. 
<laughs> You're very kind to say that. I don't think I have uh, done anything to that scale to even deserve that recognition, but I, I, I truly appreciate your kind words and, you know, thank you for thinking um, of me in that manner. Uh, that was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> um, but uh, Again, I think um, it, it's all, I agree with you. Like, I think it's it's all, uh, we need to be more open in sharing our ideas and, you know, connecting with people who can support us in those ideas um, to support innovation. Um, I think innovation is becoming complicated as we, you know, as we have more different types of technology entering and merging of various fields into one. I mean, now in healthcare, we have robotics, you know, we have uh, um, telemedicine, we have um, health tech, like just, which is like a whole thing by itself, like, you know, which emerging of so many technologies I, I do think like you need expertise from all fronts to help you bring your idea to realize um to realization and as you said it like you know networking and um i could not support that any uh, for more than what you've already mentioned so i'll leave it at that um with that said uh, i think one of the questions um that i always ask my guest is you know how does health tech disruption um, affect the pharmacy sector? Um, and like, you know, do you, uh, where, how do you see the pharmacy sector being disrupted um, in the near future uh, with this growing presence of health tech? Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, yes, there, are, there is going to be like uh, multiple things that will uh, affect the pharmacy sector. Uh, one, I think, is voice technology. Yes. Uh, so, you know, you're utilizing, like you said, uh, Alexa start surgery, right? But, uh, you know, that is uh, very applicable to the pharmacy and the pharmacists, what work they are doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, so that will uh, definitely, uh, you know, be, be a significant thing. It will help the overall workflow of, of a pharmacist. Uh, whether it is like, you know, uh, dispensing medicines or whether it is managing stock, uh, all of uh, all of those. Uh, then uh, the other aspect is like, uh, you know, more and more uh, devices, like we said, you know, yes. so uh, so part of the, the job of the pharmacist, I think, will also be like, you know, guiding people on how to use those devices and making sure that, you know, that they, they are using them uh, correctly. Uh, so, you know, whether it is, it's not exactly technology helping the pharmacist, but rather the, the role of the pharmacist changing because of uh, yes. uh, technology. <laughs> you know? So, so that's, uh, uh, that's going to be significant. And I think uh, one different aspect is that uh, there are going to be more, uh, you know, uh, with sensors in in devices and also you know with regards to uh, the actual uh, you know intake of medicine mm -hmm. and so uh, so that will uh, affect so the adherence angle which is that when a medicine is uh, is you know prescribed and uh, given to uh, a patient whether mm -hmm. the patient actually uh, takes that medicine and uh, you know how we can encourage the patient to take the medicine in the proper manner, you know, like take it at the proper time, uh, take it uh, with an empty stomach, not take it with an empty stomach, right. you know, all of uh, those kind of uh, details. I think uh, there will be more tighter uh, connection, you know, closer connection. It's not like you go to a pharmacist, pharmacist gives you something and then it is bye-bye. I think the, you know, the actual care and treatment and making sure that the medicines are being, uh, you know, uh, properly taken, that will be uh, that will be a significant part of uh, of like what the pharmacists do, and then I mentioned about like uh, personalization, right? Yes. So the uh, 
the you know the the doctor and the pharmacist will be like uh, involved together mm -hmm. along with the patient the patient's genetic makeup and and so on and so it will be like uh, you know uh, in all of the the parties will have to understand like you know why uh, something uh, is being uh, is being administered and you know uh, that that personalized aspect will be will be important uh, so you know you, you can say like hey I, I i have the same problem as somebody sitting next to me right. but the, the medicine could be different and right. you know i think the uh, sometimes maybe the doctor may not have the time to explain that but then the pharmacist would probably have to take the time <laughs> uh, to to you know to yeah. bridge that gap and make sure that the patient is properly educated that they are you know that they get the correct information at the correct time so i think that is going to be important now and then i don't know whether you know 3d printing of drugs is going to be like uh, you know possible and all that but maybe that's going into like a, a very <laughs> futuristic kind of world but then you know maybe the role of the uh, pharmacist could also change uh, we currently like you know have local uh, pharmacists but again pharmacists could be remote they could be spread throughout the world and uh, you know then we could get uh, proper advice from from uh, from those people you know so sure. it will be like uh, the, the good advice is available to a wider range of people but at the same time they will uh, you know be able to bring that personal touch you know they will know what your history is not necessarily like you have to have neighborhood uh, pharmacies right so i think uh, these are like some things that i can see uh, that uh, that would uh, you no, know no it's fantastic it's fantastic and i i, I like you know i really appreciate you sharing your insights because it's always um you know it is always an eye opening experience for me uh when i hear of um you know uh experts who are not part of the profession like you know when you're viewing the profession from the outsides um you know you have a different lens of how you see that profession and you know where you see that profession going uh compared to someone like me who's part of the profession and obviously i have my own biases <laughs> because i really love what i do uh, but it is always great to uh, you know see that because i, I think it, it helps us learn in, in terms of areas where you know we need to do better maybe even as a profession or um you know how do we support so that we are supporting the needs of our patients moving forward because some, this is the only way. This is, my dialogue is how we understand what the needs are of you know the patients and the communities that we serve. And um, thank you for sharing those because those are some tremendous insights. I agree. Like I think pharmacists. Uh, more than being medication experts, we might soon become like technology, like, you know, data experts, like, you know, to help patients uh, decipher and like, you know, understand how data, uh, what their data means to them, like from all these different technologies and sensors that they're wearing and, you know, what to do about that, right? Because uh, we are overloading a lot of information on our patients um, as we get more and more technology out. And with that said, do you think patients should have control over their own health data? And like, you know, how can this be achieved? Because this is always a topic where it's like, oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm uh, like a strong advocate of patients owning their own data. Uh, currently, what is happening is that, you know, the, uh, the big players, they grab your data mm -hmm. and they are, uh, you know, they are able to analyze data. They are able to recommend things, but they are the ones uh, making the money. And there's nothing wrong with uh, making the money, uh, but, you know, do acknowledge the fact that where this data is coming from yes. and that it belongs to the patients and share a little bit uh, with the patients. Mm -hmm. So I think what, uh, you know, what would be a, a very good scenario, according to me, is where the patient's data is under the control of a patient, you yes. know? And uh, 
the people who want to access the data at any given point in time, whether it be you know the uh, the pharmacy, sorry, the pharmaceutical companies trying to come up with uh, different uh, medicines, mm -hmm. or the uh, the uh, researchers who might be trying to uh, analyze things, you know, uh, demographics or uh, you know geography or, or all of those kind of factors. Uh, so all these people will, you know, essentially tap into that data, but the data will be under the control of uh, the patients. And also, like uh, you know, uh, considering that people are getting more and more mobile now, so you know, uh, when I move. Uh, the data will be mine and I don't have to like necessarily re-enter and re-explain everything to a new uh, new doctor and then like you know I have only a partial history available with any particular yes. doctor so so definitely the data should be under uh, control and uh, you know I am a blockchain tech guy uh, so <laughs> blockchain is definitely one uh, solution because you know then you know that who has uh, you know updated data that uh, that is essentially like uh, you know like a, a safety feature you know mm -hmm. you don't want a doctor to go off some data which has been fabricated uh, so the trust factor uh, will be established uh, and also you know uh, quick sharing of uh, data is possible yes. uh, with blockchain so you know uh, so i see a, a blockchain as uh, as one way of uh, of uh, getting this done but you know any any other technology which also achieves ultimately uh, this goal of uh, the patient ownership of data is you know is good and uh, you know the uh, that uh, i think that will be kind of like uh, the future agreed wow uh, maybe we'll have you back for one more session on blockchain because <laughs> um, I would love to learn more from you, especially because I know how passionate you are about blockchain. It'd be, it'd be fantastic if you can help, um, you know, bring it down to layman's term for people like me who, who are still new to this entire technology. So I would love to have you back. You do that anytime. Awesome. Thank you, Prashant. And I guess just to wrap up our conversation, uh, it, it, this has been great. Like I have learned so much uh, from this, uh, but I also would like to um, you know, just um, kind of have you share, um, you know, some of um, some like how does um, Harbinger support health tech innovation and like, you know, um, especially like as we're moving forward, we're seeing so much innovation taking place in healthcare. Like, you know, how does Harbinger, uh, you know, play a role in all of this? Sure. So like I said, uh, you know, we are the people who will implement uh, the systems for you. Uh, we don't like uh, go around and say, ah, this is tech. Now you use it. Okay. Uh, so, you know, uh, we work with uh, the entrepreneurs who are coming up with ideas, we work with doctors who are coming up with ideas, and essentially we are the, the their, you know, the, we are there to support them. Mm -hmm. You know, so the, the doctors know what is the bedside manner. Uh, that is very important, like that connection to the patient is important, and we don't uh, have that, and we don't claim to, to do that. And uh, having said that, so when it comes to anything that is technology, we do, you know, we do all kinds of software. We do, we can do internet of things also. Uh, but in terms of software, like, you know, starting from like, uh, whether the idea is good, how the idea uh, roadmap should evolve, uh, what are the specific requirements, what should be modularized, how things should be taken forward, what part should be, uh, you know, uh, in, in a, on a laptop, what should be on a mobile, what should be on an IoT device, 
you know, all of that uh, thing we help uh, with. And of course, we do the coding, we do the testing, uh, you know, uh, implementation and cloud and putting it on and making it accessible to uh, people, making sure the uh, the you know the system is up and running uh, so we do uh, do all of that and we are doing this in like the multiple uh, segments you know so uh, definitely uh, we are doing it uh, in the kind of like the patient and provider segment uh, so you know we have done like an entire hospital system we have done, we are doing like uh, telehealth uh, for uh, different uh, players we are uh, like doing eating behavior where you know, it's the, the a watch of a patient uh, monitors whether to call it a patient or not. Maybe patient is not the best uh, uh, thing, but it could be anybody. Uh, you know, and then to determine that you know how often they are eating, uh, whether they are like pacing their food properly, whether just gobbling it uh, quickly, mm -hmm. or they are not eating enough. Yeah. You know, so we are monitoring that uh, with a watch. Uh, so that is on the on one side. Uh, then we are into pharmacy and, you know, we are uh, doing uh, pharmacy management systems where it is complete, like handling uh, everything, like, you know, the, the dispensing, the drug-drug interaction, uh, the, the, like, the kitting or, like, grouping of uh, medicines, you know, uh, all of those uh, things uh, we, we are part, part of. Uh, on the on the payer side, you know, we have done uh, multiple uh, claim system, claims system. So we are doing Medicare and Medicaid uh, claims. Uh, so we have uh, done all of that. And also then, uh, you know, we have done uh, other systems like in wellness, you know, and right. interoperability you mentioned. So sometimes it is just a matter of like the systems exist. But right. We need to like uh, talk with each other. Uh, so we are happy to uh, connect systems also. So yeah, so it kind of like uh, covers all the government. And one of the things is like uh, data and AI, right? So, so mm -hmm. just today we were like uh, brainstorming uh, some ideas among ourselves as to how to like take uh, videos uh, and from the videos extract diagnosis uh, or, or like help uh, doctors with certain actions, you know? Wow. Uh, so, you know, so, so these are uh, some of the ideas that, that we have. So we are, we are there today helping people and also keeping track of like, you know, how we can help uh, uh, people in future. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And again, like, you know, I know you're, you're based out of India and the US, um, but you are, um, you know, available to help and, um, you know, anyone in globally for that matter, um, as long as, um, you know, you're able to, um, if the project is um, something that you can support. So no, I appreciate that very much, Prashant. And this has been a tremendous conversation. As I said, like health tech, um, you know, I'm still learning and this is, I have learned so much um, through our conversation today. And, you know, I would love to, um, I'm certain that our audience has also learned just as much, if not more, um, and would love to have you back to, you know, speak more about blockchain um, and, you know, in healthcare, especially, and like, you know, what is impact? Uh, because I think there's so many pieces that we do not understand because it's not something we get taught in school. Um, and, you know, um, it, it is something that if you're interested, you would kind of learn on the sides, but it's never as good as coming from an expert. Um, so would love to have you back. But thank you so much for today's talk. I think this was fantastic. And it was an absolute pleasure to have you on here. All right. It was uh, a pleasure for me. Thank you so much, Ashka. Thank you. Thank you. And for anyone who is interested to, um, you know, learn more about Prashant's work, um, feel free to reach out to him. 
We'll share his contact details um, in the description box. Um, and stay tuned for our next episode. Uh, you do not want to miss it because Sears is just getting very interested now. So stay tuned and thank you so much for watching. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.